Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I mean, I'm sure you've been approached about acquisition. Sure. Yeah, I ain't heard nobody, I ain't nobody talking about no 10x multiples. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You got to acquire, you got to look at what the business we've been doing. You got to give me a 10x multiple. If we're not talking that, what we talking about? <laughs> I was so close. I was like, "Hey, hey, 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 Live from the trap house. Ti, <laughs> Tip. First and foremost, thank you for having us. Appreciate man. it, brother. Welcome to the Trap Music Museum. We appreciate y'all for coming, man. Now I gotta tell you, you know, I've seen pictures, I've seen a video, but it's nothing like the in-person experience. This is actually a very, very impressive situation that you have here. Man. Thank you. Uh, this is. This is a, a product of a lot of hard work and uh, teamwork, um, a lot of collaboration. Um, a lot of artists came together, contributed uh, their work, whether it's photography or visual art, um, and the support of the community of artists that, that are the, the biggest contributors to the, the genre of trap music. Yeah. You know, the, the trap music community has embraced this in such a way that we couldn't do anything but be thankful. Well, where, where did the origin come from? Because I know at first it was to promote the Dime Trap album, but then it's, it's turned into obviously a tourist attraction and something that we have to come see, especially in hip hop culture. Well, how did it flip from that to what it is today? Um, well, the, the origin was, was to celebrate the 15th anniversary of trap music, mm -hmm. which is the origin of the genre of trap music. And by the way, at the time circa two thousand three. Like at the time, you know what I'm saying, uh, there was just a lot of back and forth and a lot of speculation circulating about who actually did what as it pertains to the genre. And so I felt it was a teachable moment. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Perfect time to learn and and enlighten. Uh, so we're in a, a group meeting and just spitballing ideas of how to celebrate the 15th anniversary. And, you know, someone just said, let's do a museum. And, of course, everybody's like, man, how are we going to do a museum? Come on, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, and simultaneously, I was acquiring commercial property uh, in this area. In this area because it was also close to Super Bowl. We knew the Super Bowl would come. Mm -hmm. So we were just buying as much commercial property, as many commercial buildings, hoping that when the Super Bowl comes, you'll rent it out to ESPN or NFL Network or, you know, a, 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 big, a big conglomerate and make most of your money back during that time. So that was my intention. So and with those two things in mind, that's how the stars and the moon aligned to as soon as he uh, as soon as it was suggested to do a museum, and immediately I challenged myself, like, how would that work? I also had buildings that I didn't have purposes for. So I come to this building, I'm walking around, I'm looking, I'm like, 
I guess. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. We we did the work, you know, pulled up, rolled up our sleeves, uh, and we just began to write it down, flesh it out. Everybody began to just collaborate. Uh, and before you knew it, we were opening. Only with plans to stay open for a few months just to celebrate the 15th anniversary. Never intended for it to be a continuous uh, installation. But the line been wrapped around the corner every day ever since. Every day the doors open, the line around the corner. Rain, sleet, snow, don't matter. So I feel like now if, we, if I closed it, they'll burn my building down. <laughs> Can't have that. Can't have that. <laughs> so this actually turned into a viable business. Um, what is the plans going forward? I know you have the escape room. Yes. Talk about that. Uh, Escape the Trap. Escape the Trap is a, a, a trap-themed escape room. Are you familiar with escape rooms? Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. heard of it. Yeah, I've never been to one, but I know I've heard of it. It's like a teamwork, camaraderie building. You got to uh, try to get out. Exhibit, yeah. yeah, you got everybody got to put their heads together, think of, you know, different answers to clues and riddles. Oh, I have been to one before. Yeah, mm -hmm. the best thinkers, the best collaborators are able to make it out within that period of time. But the scenario we created is, you know, as soon as you go in, there's a, a character that greets you, and then all of a sudden that character runs out and the door closes. So when the door closes, I come up on the screen and I say, hey, so, well, I don't want to ruin it for you. <laughs> it's an experience. Yeah, it's an experience. I don't want to ruin it for you. We also have another uh, Escape the Trap in Nashville. In Nashville. Yeah. I found out that Nashville has more escape rooms than anywhere else in yes. the world. Yes, you knew that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so when you were looking for a place to venture out outside of Atlanta, were you looking for those type of analytics? Who would have the most? Like, what, what type of things are you looking at to say, all right, Nashville's the place? I will be perfectly honest with you. I had absolutely nothing to do with the Nashville uh, selection. My partners, uh, my partner Doug Peterson and the team, um, they 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 sought out Nashville. Mm -hmm. You know, they've been going back and forth up there, um, and he, you know, always been telling me. He's been telling me, you know, that it was it was prime for the escape room, and we did the escape room first just just to see if it would, you know, if the success of the escape room would justify another trap music museum mm -hmm. in that you know in that in that in that region. Yeah. One of, one of the things you said, and I don't want to gloss over it, you were buying up real estate, like yeah. buying up commercial real estate. Yeah. So, I mean, that's not typical. That's not average. So It should be. It should be, but it's not, right? So who got you interested in real estate? Or is that something that you, over time, said, you know what, this is where I need to invest my money? Was that something that you grew into? Um, well, my uncle's, my uncle basically... He forced me into it, kind of, you know what I mean? Uh, when I got my first piece of money, he was just getting out of prison. And, you know, he had me for 20 grand. And, of course, I gave it to him. And, you know, months later, I had blown the rest of the signing bonus that I had. And, you know, he, he rolled me around and took me to a house I used to sell dope out of. But the house looked much different. It was, it was rehabbed, renovated. A family was in it. I was like, damn, well, you know, <laughs> that's that's dope. And he was like, that's what we did. That's what we did with the 20 grand you gave me. Mm. And he was like, and, uh, you know, it's a little profit. And he gave, he was like, I can give you your money back or we can do some more houses. 
So he kept rolling, and we did. We ended up doing about 80, 80 some houses before the market collapsed in 08. So from 2000, what? From 2000 to 2008, we did about 85. Single, single family homes? Yeah, well, some duplexes, triplexes, some quads. Yeah. Um, but, you know, just quick flips, though. You know what I mean? Quick flips. 100,000 here now. You know what I'm saying? Like, compared to the stuff that we're doing now, much, you know what I'm saying? Much yeah. smaller in scale, um, but much more profitable at the time. Right. You know? So that's how I got into real estate. But when the market crashed, I noticed that commercial real estate didn't dip. So I said, well, shit, I'm going to go with commercial. I'm going to do that. I just never like to do things. Like, I love the, the, the product of the boring work. I love that it's consistent. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, you know, it doesn't feed my spirit the way bigger projects do. Go bigger, go bigger. You know what I'm saying? Can't go home. Yeah, 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 yeah. So speaking about bigger projects, um, is it the Intra West Side? Am I saying that correctly? Uh, Intrada. 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 Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Intrada West Side. Mm -hmm. I believe a mixed-use development property. Mm -hmm. um, 9,000 square feet for... I think it's more than that. I think we got like 75,000 square feet for commercial. If I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken. Okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? I could be wrong. Let me, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I check I check the specs. 75,000 sounds a lot more. You know what I'm saying? It sounds more TI ish. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, you know what I'm saying? There's also a community garden, a greenhouse. Um, Something for foster kids also. Community, a, a community center, okay. you know what I'm saying? For kids in the hood to have something to do, you know, I think mentorship and, and, and getting kids. Occupied, their minds occupied early is important, you know, and I think that's something that the, that the hood been missing. So that's, a, I believe, like a $37 million project? Yeah. And you're working with Bank of America amongst other people? Amongst other people. So We got right. some private and public. What's the if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba -ba -ba -ba. At participating McDonald's. What's the deal with that? What's, what, what, what you mean? Like with the project, like what's the details? Like what's the... I mean, to be honest with you, bro, I was approached. Um, the, the housing authority uh, approached me while, again, I was acquiring a lot of commercial property. Mm -hmm. And um, I tell you one thing that kind of spearheaded this into, into existence is when, when Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms became the mayor, she invited myself, Killer Mike, to sit on the transition team as she transitioned into her tenure. And um, sitting on that board, it, it put me right next to other developers, legendary historical developers, mm -hmm. uh, like Noel Khalil, God, God bless his soul, uh, and you know, the CEO of Delta, you know what I'm saying? Like just, you know, Big dogs. I mean, monstrosities. And I, I learned that a huge initiative for the mayor was affordable housing. Mm -hmm. I, also, I also began to, to research that 90 some odd percent of people who work in Atlanta can't afford to live in Atlanta. Um, and the way that the real estate market was growing 
it was going to push all the natives or most of the natives out. And that, you know, gave me an interesting idea, you know, to that's because I was going to make it a club. I ain't going to lie to you. I was going to make it a club, <laughs> event center, like a Dave and Buster's type, because that's also something that we need. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's, that true. that's a good idea. But no, learning the, the, the interests of the mayor's, the interests and the initiatives of the mayor and learning the best use of that particular lot of land, it, it lended itself to the, to the idea of doing a larger, more useful, beneficial project. And that's how, you know, we began to speak with the housing authority. Um, uh, Vin the Vincino group stepped in. Um, but it has been a vision of ours. Like, we've been conceptualizing and curating it yeah. uh, since, what, like 16? Like 15, 2015, 16. Where's it going to be? It's on Bankhead. Bankhead? Yeah. That's your old stomping ground. Yeah, huh? it's actually the, it used to be a Kmart and a grocery store. And um, it's the grocery store that my grandmama used to take me to when she went shopping. The Kmart that I used to buy my Nintendo cartridges and He-Man and bike parts out of. He-Man. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so it was very important for me, for one, to purchase that piece of property because it, it was such an integral piece of my childhood. Um, but to repurpose it for something that could be so useful to the community was also very important. You know, it's so crazy when you hear, I learned so much from rap music, and um, before I was coming, we come to Atlanta all the time now, but before I came to Atlanta a lot, I learned about Atlanta from your music, yeah, your lyrics. a lot of your music. So <laughs> the first time I heard about Kurtwood, he was like from Eastside niggas in Kurtwood in Little Vietnam. Yeah. So Little Vietnam, I'm thinking, all right, this is a very dangerous neighborhood. Yeah. We got an Airbnb in Kurtwood. Let's see, wait a minute. The old, <laughs> the new Kurtwood. I'm speaking. There's a, there's a huge gap of time. You know what I mean? Little Vietnam was East Lake Meadows, man, and that was the most treacherous. East Lake Meadows and Techwood was the most treacherous projects in the city. Techwood actually was the very, very, very first project in America. This is where they actually seen if this shit could work mm. in Techwood. But East Lake Meadows was one of the most treacherous places for anybody to be. You know what I mean? Even for policemen. Policemen wouldn't even go. But there was a golf course. Yeah, you saw that. Yeah, right back. Yeah, yeah, and it was just like, you know, I guess the rich people who wanted to go golfing say, hey, man, y'all need to shut this shit Nothing. down. <laughs> Come on, Not man. while I'm golfing. <laughs> but, they all, but they also, at a point in time, benefited from the the cheap crack they could buy because some people would like to golf and smoke crack after or before. And, you know, that's probably not spoken about enough. Mm -hmm. But, you know what I'm saying, the higher ups, they want to act like, you know, they don't want to be a part of the hood, but they they reap the benefits when it's convenient. They participate. In yeah, yeah. yeah. So the neighborhood changed. Neighborhood changed drastically. <laughs> yeah. It's flipped. I mean, you know, my lawyer, Bought a house in Kurtwood, and you know he's a he's a pretty frugal guy, very smart, brilliant man. But he bought a house in Kurtwood, I think maybe 10, 12 years ago, man, for far under a million, like a quarter, and it's probably worth a couple million now. So when you were part of the transition team, because I'll give you credit, the first time I heard the word opportunity zone, 
I was watching you talk about it and learning about the Beltline. Is that when you were introduced to the idea or what was happening? Or um, had you known prior because you were in the game for a little bit? In the idea of... Of something that we can invest in and, and as far as gentrification. You're talking about opportunity zones? Opportunity zones, yeah. Opportunity zones was actually Nip, Nipsey. Mm. Nipsey and Dave, 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 Dave Gross. Gross. Dave that's who helped me um, to Opportunity Zones. Nip came and asked me to come with him and, and Dave to go speak to Congress. Charlemagne? Yeah, Charlemagne too. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, Nip was supposed to be there? Yeah. I remember it was you, Charlemagne, Dave Gross. Right. But I didn't know, obviously Nip had passed away, but originally Nip was planning on yes. going? that was Nip's trip. Nip and wow. Dave, you oh, know, wow. it was kind of like, yo, let's get like-minded individuals. That, that whole concept, that whole idea came from Nip. Wow. So Nip came, I guess, after him and Dave were doing their thing. They had their vision, their ideas, and they plan. So I think, you know, Nip came to me and was like, yo, we're doing this, opportunity zones. It's an opportunity for us to, you know, spearhead some shit that a lot of our people, a lot of our peers will be able to benefit from. I want you to come with me to Washington, introduce you to my partner, introduce me to Dave, and then tragically he passed. And uh, Dave just reached out, was like, yo, you remember what Nip was talking about? I still want to do it. I want you to come. And so we did, you know, in his honor. That's dope. Uh, that's dope. I yeah. didn't know. I didn't, yeah, know, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. We had, uh, did an episode about it. And when I was doing the research, yeah. I came to you. I'm like, oh, this is the first person I'm hearing talking about it. So that's nah, Nip put me on game. Yeah. Like, you know, I ain't going, I can't cap. Like, he actually, he, he, he made me do the research. Hmm. You know I mean? And so that's when you got introduced to the Beltline? Well, now, the Beltline I actually knew about. All right, the okay. Beltline and Opportunity Zones, those are two different things. Right, okay. The Beltline is a, um, it is, I think the Beltline was introduced by Kasim Reed, if I'm not mistaken, when he was. Former mayor. Yeah, he, when he was mayor. Uh, Kasim, you know, and Kasim, one thing Kasim did was keep the money flowing in the city. I can't cap on that. Just <laughs> I mean, I just can't, bro. He brought billions of dollars here, you know what I'm saying, from the Super Bowl. Uh, I believe he did the Super Bowl. All-Star Super Bowl, all kinds of conventions. Um, the deal to build uh, the Mercedes-Benz dome, which, like, whether you recognize it or realize it or not, they spent $2 billion right up the street from a heroin trap. So that money had to spread out. You know what I'm saying? The reason that this building is so, uh, was so you know, sought after, this is such prime real estate, and all, this, all the places around here are such prime real estate, it is an extension of the success and the, the funds that was uh, ingested into the community by the Mercedes-Benz Dome. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the Beltline is just another one of those things that, okay, so I guess it's like a, a trail. Like a bicycle trail? Yeah, bicycle walk path kind of thing. And um, anything that is connected to or close to that goes up in value exponentially. I heard a little baby, he was on the um, Breakfast Club a while ago, and he was saying, like, um, he was talking about the Beltline. He yeah. was like, areas in his Beltline right out here. Okay. It's right outside. Yeah. Mm. You can go, you know what I mean? I got, you know, a few properties. So that's why you're, you're, you're buying that. <laughs> so when you I can't, but I was here before the Beltline. But, okay. But you was doing something. I might have known that the Beltline was coming. Might have known. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I might have known. So that's the, when you're saying, like, I'm buying a commercial real estate, mm -hmm. you're buying it along that line. So you. you well, see, now, see, because the Beltline is citywide. Like, it's. It's the Beltline right here. We're on the west side. It's also a Beltline in Kirkwood. It's also a Beltline downtown by, uh, what, Crog Street, um, Edgewood, 
all been having, you know what I mean? It's a built line, like, just about damn near everywhere in the city. It's a belt line by Piedmont Park. Like, it's belt lines everywhere. Anywhere that, uh, close to the belt line goes up. Prime real estate. Yeah. So, you had a philosophy. Um, you was buying houses on the corners of the yeah. streets. Talk about that. I mean, I just like the houses on the corner because they're the most... So you, yeah, yeah. Those are the, the most prestigious houses on the block, usually, the corner lots. And not just the houses, but the lots. The lot of land is usually uh, the most attractive. So I just always wanted to buy a corner lot and then kind of spread out from there. So you said um, you was buying real estate for a long time. Did you foresee? Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Atlanta, like, Atlanta's the, probably the hottest real estate market in the country. is selling for 120% over asking value. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. all the realtors that we're saying, like, people's coming with cash offers and getting denied. Because somebody's coming with a cash offer with more. Mm-hmm. So, like, did you, did you see that? Or it was just good time and it was just... What I saw was I saw the culture becoming more and more relevant to the rest of the world, the culture of Atlanta. And that had a domino effect to tourism and people wanting to travel here and move here. Now, I didn't necessarily connect the dots of these people are going to buy all the houses. Can't say that I did. Mm -hmm. But I knew that when everybody came to Atlanta, they bringing their money with them. So I felt like everything is going to sell. Houses, cars, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everything. And I just knew that, you know, we got to find a way to get in the way. Yeah. One of the things that I've been noticing recently, um, and it's interesting because 2000 to 2008 you said you bought 80 properties, and that's the height of your music career. As far as the King album, you got trap music. Obviously, came out. I'm serious. I didn't spend enough money back then. This is what I, so I'm thinking. I'm like, I wait, you didn't spend enough money. I did on real on, on real estate. On real estate? I should have yeah. bought more. I should have bought more. Yeah, should have bought more. I had an opportunity, man. Kevin Lyles came to me and offered me an opportunity to invest in the the Ritz Carlton in Baltimore or the Four Seasons in Baltimore. One of them, they were about to build it. Yeah. And he was like, "Yeah, I'm putting my money in. You know, you can put yours in with mine." And you know me, I'm like. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be watching it in Baltimore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was just a lot more skeptical, a lot more cynical. Yeah. Which I still am, but that was a good one and I should have listened. And so, then there was other, there was other buildings that my, that my brother Doug and his wife Crystal, uh, Crystal Peterson also manages my portfolio and she's a big, big, big piece of how and why we are able to do so much. The, in, the Entrada deal, um, you know, it's a big piece of how all of this came into fruition is Crystal. Yeah. But she came to me and took me to Edgewood and other places and showed me properties. And it just, well, I just, I just, I just passed. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and all of those buildings. You, you didn't, you passed because you didn't see it, the vision, or you just wasn't at that time, like, I'm not into it like that? Man, I usually, when I buy a building, I, I, I want to... I want to be able to kind of see at that time. I wanted mm-hmm. to be able to see what the building could be. And I believe one of the things was we were looking for a studio at the time. And this building was not the building for a studio. So I was so laser focused on purchasing a studio, I couldn't see all of the other many functions for the buildings that she was showing me. 
another mistake. Yeah, but you found the studio. Yeah, I found the studio. You found the building. So, I mean, again, when you you said that you're buying up the commercial pieces, and I'm, I'm looking at it here, and again, more recently, I'm seeing the creative inside of you, right? Because as, obviously, as a musician, you're super creative. What I'm noticing now is that you're kind of into interior de designing. So, like, <laughs> yeah. right, I, is that something that... Because, I mean, home renovation is something that you could do. Obviously, you have commercial real estate. Is that the next thing that you're going to be looking at, creating a, a whole team of that? I mean, yeah, I think that um, it's just a natural transition for me. I, I, I just enjoy being creative. I enjoy seeing things um, at the base level and, and, and building ideas through the roof. I just... And that's, it's just, I like Legos too, like for the same reason. I yeah, like yeah, seeing yeah. this big bag of little bitty pieces turn into this piece of work, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just from time, effort, and attention. Um, that's just something that's, that's, I always thought was dope. Yeah. Kind of like music, yeah. putting the track together. A little bit, yeah. And for the yeah. record, he might have the biggest bag in the world. Huh? I said might, yeah, oh, for, for the record. It's might. called California oh, King. No, it's called no, it's the God Size. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's definitely custom. <laughs> definitely custom. God Size. God Size. Uh, I want to ask you one last thing about the real estate. So collaboration, I know you're real big on collaboration. Uh, one of your friends, Jeezy, says something in a versus battle that got a lot of attention. He said, I might not have a $5,000 outfit or whatever, but I own half of Atlanta's real estate. And that one Did he say that? Did he say that in a song? That was on the verses. Yeah, he, he said, said it on verse. I think he said a verse. Yeah, yeah no, on verses, verses, verses. Um, but people laugh because they didn't understand it. Well, they also Googled his name, and they, but then they don't realize that you could put properties in a trust and exactly. an LLC. And exactly. So, you know, it's a whole thing. Social media. Education is important. Education is important. Education is key. <laughs> Education is important. <laughs> important. That's a fact. So I say I have to say, you guys partnered on some real estate projects? Do I? You and Jeezy? No, nah, not yet. Not okay. yet. We haven't yet. Uh, the only person that I've been able or that I've had the the... Uh, the fortune of collaborating with on real estate is uh, Killer Mike. So let me ask you this about, about Killer Mike. That's our guy. So I know you have the Bankhead uh, Seafood. seafood right. Um, but you have real estate with him as well? Yeah, we bought the building, Bankhead Seafood. Okay. So, so that's the real estate play? Absolutely. Okay, okay. So the thing is, um, I was shooting a video there. If you, if you recall, it's a video I got called, um, oh, man. Is it broadcast live off of an EP I dropped called The Nick? Broadcast live, me and DC Young Fly, we kind of play a Craig and Smokey kind of, you know, I'm, he's the funny one, I'm the straight one, you know what I'm saying? And we walk into Bankhead Seafood, and while we filming that scene, um, the, the, the matriarch of that, of that business. She 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 founded it. She worked there, owned the property, and you know she she a boss. You dig? She said to me, "Hey baby, why don't you just go on and buy this building for me so I can retire?" Mm. And I say, "Well, okay. You mean the, no?" She said, "Buy this business for me so I can retire." And I say, "You mean the building <laughs> or the business?" <laughs> Two different things. And she said. Well, both. I said, okay, let me think about that. So I sent Crystal to talk to her, um, and, and they came up with a number. She's a shrewd negotiator also, I'm talking about. Sheesh. And once we uh, agreed on the number, that day, uh, evening, I happened to catch Killer Mike at Magic City. 
<laughs> to of happen all, to. Of all places. Just happen to. <laughs> <laughs> the community center. And, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's cheers. You know what I'm so, so we was in there, and of course, we always just talk about collaborating. And at the time, we were saying, man, we really need to find something to do together to show the next generation that we not just asking them to work together, we leading by example, you know, working together and doing things, doing things together that they that they can uh, that they can see us doing. And I say, you know what? Funny you should mention it. I'm about to buy Bankhead Seafood, and you can get in with me if you want to. And he was like, Well, I was just about to buy the new Hellcat. <laughs> but I guess this is more important. So, sure. Tough decision. And so we put our bread together and we bought the building. And then we uh, were blessed with the opportunity to sit uh, on the transition team. And then we, we brought in uh, Noel Khalil, who's no longer with us, but a, a, an incredible mentor, an incredible developer, an incredible human being. And we learned a lot from it. We learned a lot. And, and, and we were fortunate to be able to have spent the time around him intimately mm -hmm. as we were able to in his last years of his life. Um, and he became a partner. And then, you know, we just began putting the pieces together. It's, it's been a long, a long road, long journey. Um, we're about to break ground, though, very soon. So you're renovating the property? Yeah, we was going to knock it down and just do a rebuild. Yeah. But I think, you know, to not have to get it rezoned and all that stuff, yeah. we got to keep some wall, like I think two walls. But people, people can still get food, right? It's, it's actual no, food. not at the building. It's, it's no, I'm saying it's a food truck. Food it's truck. a food truck. Yeah, a food truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's the first restaurant. Trap Music Cafe is, is that. So Trap City. Trap Cafe. City. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking to myself, right, because you're doing music, you're doing real estate, mm -hmm. the restaurant tour business is very difficult. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you have to build a strong team. What's that process like of you finding the right people to put in place so that you don't have to be hands-on all the time? Because you got a lot going on. I think that's, you know, that's what leadership is about, recognizing star qualities in other individuals and applying them to a goal that you, a plan that you have, a strategy that, you know what I mean? I think that I'm surrounded by talent in this city. It's a gang of people who I know who have successful businesses selling restaurants. I mean, excuse me, selling food at restaurants, uh, selling alcohol, selling hookah, selling experience mm -hmm. and experience. And that's what I think people miss out on. Like, like of course you, won't, you go to a restaurant for the food. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. If you're hungry, but you go there for the experience, even if you're not. Mm. Come back for the experience. You know what I mean? I like that. Um, I like so I think that's kind of what I what I what I'm trying to do. Like align myself with with people who will allow me to yeah. focus on the experience. So they, you know, will have to focus more, more so on the business. As you're talking, I'm listening to this, and I'm like, this is so crazy because you've done this in music your whole career, and now you're doing it on the business side, but most people don't know that, right. which is, makes it super interesting. You've broke a lot of artists. You've discovered a lot of artists. Yeah. And now you're discovering a lot of entrepreneurs and businessmen and women and putting them in places. And so that's dope because, like, this, what other platform could we do to highlight that? 
Mm. Assets over liabilities. Good call. <laughs> you, remember, you remember when D-Wade threw that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was me just now. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. so crazy. The first time I ever saw you was in your, your first restaurant. Yeah, you scale, a, scale. Yeah, that was yeah. the first time. That was years ago. That was the first. That was time a was beautiful there. place, man. It was, it was a beautiful a vibe. place. It was a vibe. It was a, a incredible ambiance. Um, horrible, and I repeat, horrible partnership. Mm. Worst one I've ever had. You know, um, but life teaches us lessons. What's some of the lessons you learned from that? Trust no nigga. <laughs> <laughs> you hear me? Trust no nigga. Especially fast-talking niggas who think they slick. Very important. Pardon my, pardon my friend. <laughs> Writing that in my notes. I can notes. tell you're still, still, still <laughs> you passionate about that one. Yeah. Fast-talking out-of-town niggas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You never trust them. Noted. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker think he got all the sense. He up to something. Yeah. What, collaboration, like working with Mike, you said working with talented people. How has that you know, really propelled you? Because there's only so many hours in a day. It's only so much that you can do. How has that really propelled you to be as successful as you are now? Um, man, bro, I don't really know how to measure my success when you say as successful. Well, I mean, I look at you like, all right, everybody knows musical legend, but you're one of the first people who really was a superstar entrepreneur. Like, we see Ross. He's one of these superstar entrepreneurs, right? You know, even Soldier Boy, yeah, one of these right. superstar yep. entrepreneurs. Right. But you've been on that wave, so you have the Trap Music Museum. You say you have eighty real estate properties. You're doing a thirty-seven million dollar real estate play with Bank of America and doing all this. You got the restaurants. That's that's what I mean as far as success, like success in the business world. Like Magic Johnson, like we know he's a Hall of Fame player, but what he's doing in the business world is kind of like even surpassing what he's doing. LeBron, the same way. Right, you know right, what I mean? right. Absolutely. Bruh, that I think everything to me provides me with the fuel, the lessons, and the relationships to get to the next thing. And I've just been kind of doing one thing at a time. You know what I'm saying? Um, execute, succeed, repeat. You know what I mean? But I'm I'm, I'm learning to. I'm learning to move more on my vision. You know what I'm saying? I'm learning to move more on my instincts. I'm learning to kind of listen to my gut more. You know what I mean? Before I was doing things because people were telling me that it was a smart thing to do. You know what I mean? Like my uncle, my uncle said, hey, you know, he kind of pushed me into it. Um, But now I kind of, I think, have grown into a space that I could visualize mm-hmm. the steps before I take them. One of the things you were known for was the style. Definitely, uh, coming from Atlanta, you know, we're we looking at like, yo, this guy dresses kind of like us in New York. <laughs> we, you know, we like to take credit for style. Yeah, um, we take credit for <laughs> we, we do, <laughs> we do, we do. But you know, most of it is actually justified. Yeah. Most, not all. <laughs> thank, thank you for saying that. Um, so king of oneself, uh, I remember when this was coming out. I'm like, man, Tip got something here. What's the status of it now? Uh, what's the vision for the future? Man, going on 14 years yeah. of business, um, incredible partnership, um, incredible, incredible supporters. Like, you know, 
we have people who live by a coup. Like they, they, they want to buy. They, they hit me like, hey man, why don't you drop another one of those? I, I mean, they really pull up on me. Yeah. Like Slick, this, this, this character here, his name is Slick, and you know he rivals the polo belt. Oh, it's just that's what I was thinking when you I was watching. I saw that. I was thinking Kanye with the polo sweater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he rivals the polo belt. And so we made these the first year, but we stopped. Right. And when I tell you, motherfuckers like, hey man, we need some more. My sweater man got bought, got lint balls on it. I need, <laughs> I need some more of them sweaters, Time man. Time to re-up. <laughs> you know, and so you know we um we obliged, of course, and we've just been making adjustments, making adjustments, evolving. With, with the style of, of the next generation as much as possible. Um, what we want to do is we want to find, find a piece that you can wear for any occasion. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Whether you hanging out trapping, whether you going to school, whether you got a job interview, got to go see your probation officer, going on a date, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Want to make sure you have like something to wear for any occasion. And, you know, we want it to look upscale, but we still want to, you know, maintain the 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 interest of the culture and the consumer. Our, our demographic is kind of flamboyant a little bit. Yeah. So we try and give them a lot of colors, a lot of logo shit, but 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 still do it in a stylized way that doesn't compromise style. Yeah, 14 years is nothing to be sneezed at. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's I a, mean, ain't nothing around that was around when we first Exactly, started. that's what I'm thinking. Ain't nothing around. We interviewed uh, Jason Jeter. <laughs> you might know him. <laughs> yeah, yeah bro, said, we just sat at a table or two together. <laughs> <laughs> he was saying that, um, you know, when you first was coming up with the idea, he was like, all right, you know, y'all was brainstorming. He was like, all right, you know, T.I., the ladies love T.I. We need to actually have something that we can promote when he's wearing clothes, right. and Dane told us that also. Dane was like, you know, everything is a commercial. Like his movies, he's talking about his movies. Like I, I do movies, he's gonna wear his clothes. So mm -hmm. that's like the same thing with us. Everything we do, we wear our own clothes. So right. talk about that as far as like, you're always in the public. Sure. So now it's like a free opportunity to have a 60 minutes, 60 seconds, whatever, sure. commercial to support ah, your cool. brand. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, to be honest, That's phenomenal insight, by the way. Um, the advice Dame told me when I asked him about, you know, how to get it, he say, start small. Get a t-shirt, a hat, that's it. Like, don't try to do a line and have a huge delivery. I didn't listen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it was great advice, though. <laughs> it was great advice. I understand why now, I understand why, you know, given the risk that we took, but we made it. Um, but I kind of, I think we took a different approach, um, especially given the time period in which the, clothes, the, the clothing line dropped. It was like when I was going to prison. So I didn't want my prison sentence to kind of hinder the potential of the line. So I kind of separated myself a little bit because mm. I wanted the brand, we made a, a conscious effort to let the brand exist and succeed on its own. Mm. You know what I mean? We didn't want, a lot of people don't even know that this is my brand. You know what I mean? You gotta really, really be in tune with, you mm -hmm. know, 
the T the T I of it all yeah. to know like, and I liked it better that way. You know what I mean? Because yeah. you can get real talk and you can get real kind of authentic expressions from people yeah. when they don't know you're involved. Yeah, especially if they feel like you're not hot anymore, then now your clothes aren't hot anymore. Exactly. And that, that becomes tricky. One of the things we saw, especially with, I guess, quote unquote, urban brands, Fat Farm, Rockaway, even Sean Jones to an extent. Don't let Jim Jones hear you say urban brand. Uh, I said, yeah, quote I mean, unquote. No, I said, quote, nasty word. I said, quote unquote. That's what they, they <laughs> label it. Streetwear. 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 Yeah, streetwear. We've seen that they've been acquired or they, they've sold the actual company. Have you ever, I mean, I'm sure you've been approached about acquisition. Sure. Turned it down each time. What was that like? Yeah, I ain't heard nobody, ain't nobody talking about no 10X multiples. Mm. You know what I'm saying? You got to, you going to acquire, you got to look at what the business we've been doing. You got to give me a 10X multiple. If we're not talking that, what we talking about? Off the rip. I'm not going to go and let you try and give me the last two, three years worth of business because I'm gonna do that anyway the next two, three years. You're just giving me money that's already coming. I'm not doing that. You know, but if someone came and, you know, was talking sensibly, <laughs> we would listen and consider the wrong sure. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. Valuation. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they got the wrong valuation. I mean, really, 10x, please. But I mean, even more at so than clothes, our operations. Like, you can't really top our operations. A lot of people, they got hot clothes and they got hot designs and whatnot, but they can't, they can't make their deliveries on time. And that's huge. Mm. In, in, in this business. If you go and you get a motherfucker the right orders and they expecting that shit to hit, you know, when on the date that you that, that it's supposed to get there. And if you don't do that, over time, people, they, they just stop fucking with it. But we've been able to like, ex like just, just execute uh, efficiently in the areas of operation. And it's largely due to, to our partnership with RP55. Mm. Uh, was RP55, that's the manufacturer? Yeah, well, it's our partner. It's okay. the manufacturing, distribution, you know what I'm saying? Um, so about your studio. So I know the studio okay. was something that you... Yeah, Super Sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was the idea, vision for that, and yeah, what's the model behind that? Institution of culture, you know what I mean? Wanted to buy a place, I, mean, I wanted to uh, uh, own a studio that young creatives and legacy creatives could coexist and exchange ideas, exchange thoughts and, and, and strategies, uh, and be comfortable, you know? I think that, so uh, it was a very prestigious studio um, called 
uh, uh, Silent Sound. Uh, used to be owned by Daryl Simmons. You know what I'm saying? A lot of Babyface, uh, L.A. and Babyface shit. Uh, a lot of Tony Braxton, a lot of everybody that recorded there. Usher, The Dream, you know, a lot of people. And when I first came home from prison and I was in the halfway house and I could only leave to go to work, that was the studio that I chose. I chose that studio because they had enough room on the other side where I could put me a, a little bedroom in there. So, you know what I'm saying, the things that you don't get to do in jail while I was at work, I could do that. You know what I'm saying? And um, Conjugal visits. You dig what I'm saying? <laughs> it's important. It's not it's it's vital. Important. It's vital. It's vital. It's vital. Yeah. Come on, it's survival. You get, to, you get to lose the, the, the <laughs> thought of who you are without that. It helps your creativity. And, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Studies have shown that. Jogs the brain, exactly. if you will. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jokes the system. <laughs> but yeah, so I always had interest in purchasing it just because of that. And the, the owner, uh, Mr. TK, he, um, he, he, he and I couldn't quite see eye to eye on a number, you know what I mean? Uh, because at the time, studios were struggling. Mm. You know, this was before streams were paying. Mm. You know, so nobody really had budgets. Nobody really had no money to go and spend $250 an hour to record. Everybody was recording their house. And so I could have got in at a much less number but I wanted it even lower. I'll just tell you. So he offered it to me at 1.6. I wanted it at 1.4. This was in 2010. I wanted it at 1.4. We couldn't see out of our number. That 200,000 took us all the way to 2018. Wow. And I ended up paying 2.6. Mm. <laughs> you see the kind of stupid shit I do. Don't you know wait. Trap houses. <laughs> kind of stupid shit I do. But two hundred costs you no. Oh man. yeah, and uh, the two hundred thousand, I end up, you know, paying an extra million because I didn't want to pay the extra two hundred. Damn. But everything happens for a reason. Everything happens. That's what for you got to tell yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> That's everything what you got to tell yourself. For a reason. So, I think these losses, though, they, it contributes to who I am as a businessman. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if you don't take no losses, you ain't really learn no lessons. So let's talk about some of the losses, right? Because shows obviously property title, assets over liabilities. We talked about real estate. Right. We talked about the clothing. All right. We talked about the music, the studio. Obviously, we know that. What are some of the mistakes, some of the, the losses that you've had that have <laughs> been attributed over your career? I mean, I think, well, we talked about one, Scales 925, that was a, that was a huge loss that taught me to choose my partners mm -hmm. wisely. Um, I've also dabbled in, in, in uh, technology quite a bit. I've spent a lot of money to have made none. <laughs> I've spent a lot of money on that to have made that. none. Um, also, the, the, the film, The Trap, you remember that? With me and Mike Epps, it was on Netflix. Oh, I, don't I, I me, did. Mike I saw it one night. I saw yeah. it one. I, yeah, I'll let you talk about it. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, conceptually, on paper, 
seems like a phenomenal idea, you know? <laughs> Mike and I contributed our time and services um, in exchange for an equitable share in the IP, all right? Um, we had a director. I don't feel, I don't wanna add that. It just was a bad play. It just was a bad play. It didn't, work. It, didn't, it didn't turn out the way me and Mike envisioned, the way we thought it should. It was a bad play for many reasons. Uh, it was just a lot of mud in the water. Yeah. You know what I mean? A lot of mud in the water. It didn't materialize the way we hoped. I mean, for, for every trap, you get the family hustle. And so, well, right? So, I mean, for, for a generation, and this, is, this, 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 action. this is action, right? So, right. for our generation, we grew up watching the Cosby show, mm. right? And that was the family, black family. And for a certain generation, the family hustle became that program to see a black family. I think it was the Cosby family. show, then it was Will Smith. Fresh Prince had Fresh that. Fresh Prince. Was, that was like, they kind of existed around the same time. And then, and then we had, you to, had my wife and kids. My wife and kids. My wife and kids. The Bernie Mac show. Yeah, yeah. And then it was like reality TV. Mm. And it was like the Kardashians. But nah, that's cool. But here's tip. Yeah, it was a family. very wholesome show. Yeah. And, and it, was, it was needed. Yeah. Because it was a time when there wasn't a lot of balance. Yeah, and we got That's to real. and we got to see a black father with his family, right? And we got to see them grow. You're a grandfather now, like this I is, am. This is like I'm watching from I'm serious to grandfather. That's real. Tip. Grandfather <laughs> tip. Grandfather <laughs> tip. Papa tip. Papa tip. Papa tip. Papa tip. But yeah, man, this is you know evolution is real. You know, um, I consider family hustle to be. You know, one of those one of those losses, one of those losses that taught me a lesson, mm. taught me a lesson about ownership, mm. ownership within film and television, and the money will rock you to sleep. You dig? If you allow yourself to be rocked to sleep with fees rather than equity, you will be rocked to sleep. You dig? That's the only time in my life I've ever been in a in a, in a situation or a position where somebody could tell me. We shutting you down. Mm. You know what I mean? Like in music, I've always kept myself empowered with, with, with the, the right to choose my own destiny. Um, that's the only time, and that was very unfamiliar to me. It was a, it was, it was, it was a, a learning experience, to say the least. Mm. So, so I know that there's some new TV that yeah. you're working on. The apartments? Yeah, yeah the apartments where we um, wrote, directed, produced, financed. Self-funded. Yeah, self-funded. Uh, I'm executive producing it with DC Young Fly. Um, it stars a host of talent. You know what I mean? The funniest, some of the funniest motherfuckers you're going to catch. And I think that from these first two episodes, we're looking to license the series. Mm. Uh, we don't want to sell it, you know what I mean? I want to maintain control of, over the IP and share it with the cast members. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? Because I don't think people really understand the importance of licensing, right? Because then it could yeah. exist on different platforms, correct? It, well, it depends now. A license, so licensing means that you maintain the ownership of the IP and the brand, right? right. Uh, the way Hollywood is set up, most of the time, when you see things on TV, someone had an idea, they walked it into a building, the people at the building liked the idea and gave them a bunch of money to sell 
their idea. Okay. And so whenever the people who wrote that check don't like this idea no more. It's over. It's over with. And the people who created it have nothing to say about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you license it, however, um, they have, they could have exclusive rights or non-exclusive rights. They could have domestic uh, rights or they could have worldwide. Um, but after that period of time, which is called a reversion period, the rights come back to you and you can start that process all over again. Speaking about reversion period, um, when we spoke to Chejita, he said, your first couple albums, you guys didn't own the masters, right? but you put it in the contract that it could revert back to you, I think, after like 10 years. Yeah. And after that point in time, then you do have ownership, or at least like half ownership of the masters. Right. You talk about that, I'm sure there's a lot of artists that's listening. They always hear about musical masters and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. They might not have leverage to get their masters when they first start, but that doesn't mean you can never have it. So right. can you talk about your thought? Well, the best time to get it, man, is when, if you have been successful and it's time for you to re-up on your, on your deal, and the label you with want you to re-up, tell them, give me my masters. Give me my masters, I'm gonna go across the street. Cause mm-hmm. they're gonna let me, they gonna let me own my masters. So either give me my masters or let me go. You know what I mean? Um, that's, you know, that's one way of doing it. You know, what we did was we had a, I think ours was performance based. Like once we hit, I think a million and a half, when we sold 1.5, then, you know, that's when we shared in ownership. We shared in ownership, 50% mm. okay. of our masters. And, you know, we, later we got a better deal. Uh, everything after Atlantic, I, we definitely, you know, it's all, it's all, it's, it's par for the course at this point. But if it wasn't for Jonathan Leonard, who's my, my, my attorney, uh, Jason, and, and my vision, I probably wouldn't have enough money to buy none of this shit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I couldn't afford to make the kinds of mistakes to learn the types of lessons that have allowed me to grow to the, to the point that I am right now. Mm. You know what I mean? If it was, if me, getting, if me being here depended on me doing everything right and being perfect, I'm dead. I had to reserve like, you know, I had to have enough, how do you say, fuck you money, you know what I'm saying, to take the risk, go out on limbs, and, and be willing to fail, and sometimes fail. I had to have the, the ability to do that without starving myself and making myself desperate. So as always, passive income from many different places. And that's why I never really worry about getting canceled because you ain't gonna buy music, but that ain't all I'm selling. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You, you might not, okay, you don't wanna listen to my music right now? Fine, enjoy the museum. You don't wanna go to the museum? Fine, go purchase some Maku. You Pay know, your I, rent. You dig what I'm saying? Pay It's just so much stuff. And that was a product of just, you know, I just pulled from the pages of people like Jay, people like Puff, Russell Simmons, Jay Prince, Master P, Baby and Slim, you know what I mean? Like all of these people 
taught me without actually teaching me, but they, they taught me, they led by example, they showed me, you know, this is just the beginning. You know what I mean? This is just a stepping stone to get to the next level mm -hmm. of what you have potential to achieve. I like you said that. This is beginning. It's very fitting because I'm Serious is the first album. Right. The next album potentially is the last album. Kill the King. Yeah, that's Kill it. Kill the King is the last album. That's it. So the end of a music career, but the start of Clifford Harris. Who knows? Tip Harris. Cliff was my dad. <laughs> Tip Harris. <laughs> Tip Harris, the businessman? Or I mean, man. Already a businessman. I mean, we know that, but, but that, he's at the beginning of this career. Entrepreneur, hmm. you know, multimedia mogul. I don't know. Call me what you want. Let's it's put them all together. <laughs> Tip, let me ask you this. We were just talking. What's up? Stocks. So, you know, we, we real big on stocks. We got a show called Market Mondays, huge stock show. Right on. I didn't know you was into stocks. You said you got Amazon at, yeah. a, at a pretty nice price. I got price. Amazon at the 52-week low in 2018, mm. Christmas Eve, mm. and handed it out as, handed stocks out as, as Christmas presents. To your kids? It's kids, uh, employees. How'd they feel about that? They loved it. You know what I mean? They especially especially when they love it even more. <laughs> That's the gift that keeps Most on giving. Most of the kids sold theirs, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, when they hit, like, a 2X, yeah. they got out of there. Like, I'm done. Yeah. What made you get into stocks? Money. That's a good enough reason. That's a good enough reason. Yeah. Money. It's kind of like gambling, too. You know what I'm saying? Like picking a team, you know? Uh, I think that... Let me see. That's probably one of my best picks. You, you said know. NVIDIA. NVIDIA, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. A, I got in NVIDIA, got in NVIDIA. Uh, that's actually, I, I also got in stocks when I was in prison. I used uh, to paper trade in uh, prison. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Uh, some buddies of mine, uh, one of which you might, you, you might know. You know Sherman Williams? He used to, he used to play for the Cowboys. Mm. I, he was he was locked up with you. Yeah, yeah, we were locked up. Yeah, okay. he was locked up for selling weed. Crazy as hell. <laughs> selling weed at the Cowboys. Hell. Nah, but I mean, you know, he was the man in the town. He went from Dallas. He was, you know, I think okay. from some part of Alabama. He was like, you know, doing their thing. Yeah, yeah. And you know, they banked them, and we ended up. Oh, uh, I think I remember that. I think I do remember that. Yeah. It was like big. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I remember that. Tons. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, tons. Yeah. But even still, so they doing it right now. Legitimately making me exactly. here. You take yeah. a man off the streets for doing the same shit somebody who looked different than him can do and not have to see a day in jail. That's shit don't make no sense. Free Rollo, by the way. Um, Free Rollo. Very important. Yeah. Um, so, you know, him, I got another partner named Ace uh, that I was locked up with. And, you know, we, we, we used to paper trade and just kind of try to find trends in certain. Uh, That's it. Yeah, well, yeah. trends within the region, uh, within, uh, within the seasons. God does everything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and when I got out, I just said I put I put what I learned to work, and I started pushing. You know, um, I think Apple was probably the first stock I bought. Good choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then let's see. So Apple, Amazon, Coinbase, uh, Beyond Meat, hurting me. I'm up, I'm up big on Coinbase right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coinbase doing well. Coinbase doing well. Yeah. Uh, NVIDIA, uh, PayPal. So That's we it. basically just have a little circuit. 
That's a nice, that's a nice portfolio yeah. right there. We have a little circuit, man. We'll just call and, you know, hey, man, I heard this. Hey, man, I, you know, with this whole metaverse thing, I, I heard about this. This is a new company that's supposed to be, you know, within the metaverse doing something within that. So I'm looking at this. I'm probably going to grab some of that. No, yeah, NVIDIA is a good choice because we talk about the computer chip semiconductors. And uh, if anybody knows, there's a shortage. Oh, Tesla. Tesla. Yeah. Good choice. Tesla, another great there's one. a shortage of computer chips in the world. So, like, when you have, like, AMD, NVIDIA, Taiwan Semiconductor, mm -hmm. SMH, all of these stocks have been on fire right. for the last couple of years because everything that we have is used by computer chips. Being that there's a shortage, and they said 2026, the shortage is 2025, maybe. Mm, 2025, yeah. so... If anybody's out there, that's a tip from T.I. Yeah, yeah that's a real tip. Another, a real tip. <laughs> another, another, thing that, another thing that we got in uh, was, like, trying to catch, you know, startups before they hit their IPO. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, Lyft. You know, oh, you got yeah, in on Lyft? Yeah. Before an IPO? Yeah. Me, Jason, a few of us. How'd you get, how'd you get that? Just inside relationship? Uh, yeah, I don't know if he want his name mentioned. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but... Definitely. Some, let's say someone that I met through Jason. You know what I'm saying? It's a relationship that Jason, that Jason had um, cultivated and presented it. We collaborated and got us like a little, I guess they call it a syndicate. syndicate. Uh, we, know, we, we know what they were <laughs> <laughs> so, so we got, we got into that. Um, uh, what else did we do? Oh, we also acquired um, All Def Digital. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, we spoke about that. Yeah, we spoke about that. Yeah, that's you yeah. know that's 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 been it's been a fun ride. Yeah, you know. Yeah, he's super heavy on that right now. I'm enjoying that. You, you said that you, you gave out Amazon stock to kids and the family, but you give out given back to your community for much longer than that. So I want to talk about philanthropy and. What has sparked you to, to give back at the rate that you're doing it um, and the reasons that you're doing it? Man, to be honest with you, bro, I just try and treat people how I want to be treated. I, that's it. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. everything I do revolves around that. You know what I mean? Um, when I was in the hood, I, no, there wasn't no rappers coming back. There wasn't nobody speaking in my school. I think Bill Cosby, Muhammad Ali, which are very great people to speak at the school. Mm -hmm. I got kicked out, I believe. <laughs> I got kicked out the assembly when um, when Bill Cosby was speaking. You know what I'm saying? I was saying something stupid. <laughs> they put me out. You know. Um, but there was not no Tupacs. It wasn't no. You know what I mean? Like Elia Cool J. Yeah, you know, it wasn't right. nobody that was like, that looked like us and that was kind of like closer to our age. I mean, not even just age, our lifestyle. Yeah. You did. And I wanted to be that. You know, yeah. when it's a kid that, that can't see outside of his environment, I want to be the hope that pulls up out of nowhere. He's like, Psh, you from over here? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's always what I wanted to be. Even before anybody who knew who I was, I had a little money. And we used to, on, on Thanksgiving and Christmas, we would ride around, we would get us a U-Haul and fill it up with food. And we would just ride around places, pull it up, set up shop, pass it out. And that was 2001 
You know what I mean? 2001, 2002, no organization. Nino Brown style. Pretty much. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm a real gorilla. Thompson Turkey. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and, and, and bikes and toys on Christmas. It's kids, man, walk up to me today, say, hey, bro, I appreciate you. I'm like, all right, thank you. I'm thinking he's talking about music. Like, man, you gave me my first bike. Mm. I ain't had no bike. I didn't even know how to ride a bike. You gave me my first bike. And, you know, that mean more than going platinum to me. You know, so it's the spirit of that. That's why, you know, I try to stay visible, for one, mm-hmm. and active, you know, and giving back. You know, uh, we have an event that we're doing, if I'm not mistaken, it's Saturday. Someday, anyway. So there's a, there's a program called the Next Level Boys Academy. And this program um, is like a diversion system, a diversion program that a judge, um, she in lieu of, she'll give, if you catch a case, she'll give you your time, but assign you to this program. If you complete the program, they wipe the time. Mm. Yeah, I mean, um, like community service program type. No, it's like a, I guess, a mentorship okay. program where they kind of teach you how to uh, present yourself in interviews, uh, teach you how to manage your 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 emotions, mostly anger. You know what I mean? Teach you how to open bank accounts, fill out applications, tie ties, you know what I mean? Like yeah. all that, you know, it's a, it's a program that I support. And the graduating class of this season, we're taking on a shopping spree. So that's going to be like, you know, that's my congratulations to them. Um, take them and, you know, run a bag up yeah. at, at uh, a partnered specialty store. I don't know if it's the same one as last year, so I'm not going to say the name. <laughs> um, but like those types of things, it just it 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 speaks to who I am, you know what I mean? And those are things that I would love to continue to do. Uh, that's why you know Harris Community Works is so important. Yeah. So anyone who wants to contribute to Harris Community Works can contact Toyon. We are 501c3 certified, and uh, you can write it off on your taxes. Yes, very important. My last question for you, I see you got your family on your chain. Obviously, you're successful. You, you know, your kids are growing up different than how you grew up. How do you instill... Everybody except King. King insists on growing up exactly the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? Everybody except King seems to be growing up different than me. King, however... What can you he do? Mine. What can you do? <laughs> you set a child nah. for every moment in your life, the historic moment. It is. How do you how do you instill like the work ethic? Because you know it's always sometimes people feel like if people are privileged, they don't have the same work ethic, they don't have the same appreciation. Mm-hmm. Like, what's your thoughts on that? I think it's true. You know what I mean? I think it's true. I think that now the, the, the question: How do I instill it? I mean, with with scarcity you know what I mean like make sure that it's something that they want that they can't just get even though I could just go get it for them if I want to but nah what you gonna do for it I mean what you willing to give up what you willing to sacrifice mm-hmm. how much sleep you willing to lose you know what I mean and I think that like right now you know 
King, actually, I'm talking shit about him, but he's on track to graduate early. Like, this the year he's supposed to graduate. He say he's gonna graduate in January rather than wait to me, because he gonna have all his credits. That what he say. <laughs> he's a you slick one. High school, right? He's a slick one now. No, right? college, right? No, oh, high no, school. No. King ain't going to college. Uh, <laughs> you graduate from high school, right? You get yeah, to graduate from high school, school early. I mean, if you oh. got all, if you got all your credits, yeah, yeah, yeah. You okay, got, you can do it at sixteen. Yeah, yeah. I'm just See, thinking it's bugged out because I remember the pandemic, when he was born. With the pandemic, you, you could get ahead. Okay, you know okay. what I'm saying? And plus, he kind of, you know, he finessing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He, but he doing his, he doing, he, he learning the lesson, doing his, doing his work. So you know, I just, I just revel in the fact that he's not as bad as me, because it's so much worse. All of my kids could be so much worse. You know, I just even think about if I, I was in the position that they were in, mm -hmm. I would have been worse than them just because, you know. Um, so I revel in the fact that they actually, they have my personality. Some of them have my personality traits, but they're putting a, a, a much more refined touch to it than I did at their age, you know. Yeah. They're learning sooner than I did. Uh, how to posture themselves in certain situations, you know what I mean? And that's that's extremely important. And I'm proud. I'm proud of all of them. Well, it's been an honor and a pleasure. Thank, thank you, my brother. It's, it's dope to actually have this conversation because I feel like everybody always knows you from music and different things. They might just see stuff here and there, but to actually sit down and have an hour-long conversation about business is extremely important. I appreciate and it. can reach a lot of people, can motivate a lot of people. So thank you for taking the time, brother. I appreciate it. Man, my pleasure. Yeah. And I think, I'm trying to think what other things that I know. What about art? You guys? Oh, we oh. definitely got to talk about art. Yeah. You invest in art? Of course. How'd you, who? I mean. This painting, this net painting right here. Yeah, I mean, well, you know. That's, that's a dope painting. Yeah, yeah. But like, as far as, because I, so we had, who do we speak to about art? We spoke to um, Swiss Beats's. Um, uh, Troy Carter. Troy Carter. Yeah, he, is, Troy he Carter. a beast. So he was, yeah, they both a beast. He was educating us a little bit about art. How, who turned you on art, and like, what's your philosophy in investing in art? Um, who turned me on? Probably Swiss. Swiss, yeah, everybody. Probably Not everybody. Swiss, Swiss. Jay, Leor. Leor Cohen. I went to Leor's house and I saw this one piece that he has. Incredible piece. It's Captain America and Thumbtacks. Oh, wow. You know what I'm saying? Incredible people. I don't know who did it. And I also saw Basquiat. And that's why I was like, like, what is this? Scribble, what's he this scribble scrabble? Leo, Leo had a Basquiat? Uh, yeah, if I'm not mistaken, he did. Hmm. Yeah, if I'm mistaken. I think he had a wall, too, if hmm. I'm mistaken. Got everything. Now, I just left somewhere in Miami. I won't mention nobody. I don't like to mention people's names. <laughs> um, Farah Basel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was uh, invited to a party where, you know, I was also um, commissioned to, to perform. Um, commissioned? That's, that's crazy. <laughs> it happened to be at this gentleman's house, you know what I'm saying? And he invited me in his house, you know, that's where kind of like, you know, a lot of mingling and socializing were being done. My guy had a uh, Picasso. Oh, wow. Wow. True blue Picasso. And two Basquiat's. Two of them. 
I, I said, damn, I got to step my shit up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but I think that art is incredibly important because it's an, it's an extension of, of, of culture. It speaks to the time period the same way music does, the mm-hmm. same way movies do, the same way fashion does. It speaks to a, to a time period, you know what I mean? It wakes something up in you. You know what I mean? Whether it's ideas, whether it's energy, whatever it is. So I think it's incredibly too important to support artists and the arts because everybody ain't rapping. Everybody ain't got a jump shot. You know what I mean? Like, you got to have support for strengths that all of our children could use to make a way for themselves. Mm-hmm. And I feel like art is definitely one of them. Um, the most expensive piece I got that um, Swiss actually urged me, you know, to go ahead and acquire one is is uh, Ratcliffe Bailey. Uh, Ratcliffe Bailey is a phenomenal black artist. Um, Chicago? No, nah, I think Ratcliffe is from New York, if I'm mistaken. But he lives here in Atlanta. Okay. Uh, and he got work in the airport. He got work. I think in either Phillips or the Dome, one or the other, but just an incredible black artist, uh, and that's my biggest piece. How much you pay for that? <laughs> <laughs> Man, sit figure. Sit figure. Yeah. It's an asset. It is. It, did it go up in value? I ain't checked You haven't yet. even checked yeah. it yet. Yeah, I ain't checked yet. So you intentionally, uh, I mean... Thomas right Arvid from- is my second most expensive piece. I'm, are you intentionally supporting... Black artists, is that what your intent is when you are buying art or if it's just art I like? I try to do that, but I just enjoy dope shit. Gotcha. Um, Most of my art is definitely from from black artists, but I will, I will, uh, I buy from from other ethnicities as well, as long as the shit dope, as long as it speaks to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. BK is a white. He white. You know, this he's a fly. white guy. Oh, he's white? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's dope, though. But that's, he, that's dope. You know, but you can still tell that he's of the culture. You can still tell that, no, that's you know, dope. this came from this came from us. Yeah. So, like, if we just... Through him, if, from us. If we... All right, we do stocks, we do real estate, but we're not in the art yet. Mm-hmm. But that's something I want to get into. Okay. What, what's some advice or what... what, what like, because how I look at artists is... This is dope, this is dope. But then how like Troy Carter was telling us is like it depends on if the artist is hard hot or not. Mm-hmm. It, it depends is. on if somebody's like stamping the artist in that moment. Mm-hmm. It's like their previous work that they have done. How many pieces mm-hmm. they've done? It's like a whole process of yeah. actually examining the art more so than just I like it, I don't like it. It depends on like that's like that, that that's incredibly useful insight. It sounds like short term though. You know what I'm saying? Like if you want to see it go up exponentially in one year, and I think that is definitely the play. Um, I mean, bro, to be honest with you, I just instinctively buy art that moves me. I have not yet learned which artist is on the verge of going and which one. I haven't, I'm not that sophisticated yet. Maybe I need to sit down with Troy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, Try to catch him. <laughs> uh, but, like, for instance, Susai. If, if you're, you're familiar with Susai? I'm not, no. Okay, Susai, she's uh, 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 just 
incredibly talented artist. I have so much of her work, and I've been buying her work for probably six years. She's probably one of the first people who I actually, first artist that I met and started purchasing art from the actual artist. Um, another person, D.L. Warfield. Um, D.L. actually designed my first album cover. Uh, and I'm also, serious? Out, yeah, also Outkast. He, did, he did all the Outkast. He did all the Outkast. He, he, he was oh, in the ATL face. ATL, the artwork for that. Yeah, he did ATL. He did all of the Outkast uh, yeah. album covers, most okay. of them. Um, and Goody Mob. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? He was the, he was the vision kind of behind all of the artwork. He was head of the art department at LaFace. Mm -hmm. And now, you know what I'm saying, he's uh, doing visual art. So let's see him, and then there's a gentleman named Hobo, Hobo Inc. And I bought some stuff at Basel. I don't know who these guys are. I just saw. <laughs> well versed. This is this is not an amateur at art collecting. This is this is well versed. So do you where where are you storing these? these do you have a a gallery that you're running out of wall space? We're in, okay. In your house. Okay. I can't store it just in one house. In multiple homes. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So um I'm I'm thinking, right, we have the Trap Music Museum. Mm -hmm. But what's stopping us from having the tip art gallery? Nothing. I mean that could be the next thing, right? And now artists Yeah, just find a building and uh, purpose the space for an art gallery. I'm sure you got one. I got one. <laughs> right? On the other side of the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think, you know, all of these things, man, it just, you know, we just take the necessary steps and in due time, we'll get there. We'll yeah. get there. We just got to prioritize the visions accordingly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there's other things, you know, that we came up with last year that, you know, are materializing this year. We just want to keep it in a, in a, a fluid pace. Well, know? word on the street is that. We had the most lit activation at our Basel. Shout true. out to our partners okay. at United Master. So next I year. Didn't, I, di I, didn't, I didn't get an invite. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll tell you who I called after. <laughs> and they told me you were a little bit busy. <laughs> For real? But next so, year, next ne year. Next year. It's quite the calamity that I was. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> nah, man, y'all doing y'all thing, bro. I, yeah, I, I mean, I enjoyed, I enjoyed this conversation as well as the, the first one we had. Yeah, the first one was a vibe, too. Yeah, that was dope. Yeah. That was dope. It's dope for me because, like I said, I was I, I, Troy's a fan too, but I was like really a fan. Like I still am, but like, we used to debate. We used to debate. This is true. This we used is to true. debate. No, I'm true. like, yo, my boy Ti is the hottest rapper in the south. He's like Lil Wayne, and then yeah. then he said Jeezy, and I I was consistent with Ti. No, I, I stopped the King album. I said, nah, Ti is the hottest. But you still I stopped, was on I stopped, Jeezy. I stopped. No, no disrespect to Jeezy. Y'all been, been poly in a long time. Huh? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, a long time. Like middle school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then like I was like Wayne and then. It gets Chip so Hattery, serious. Like, crazy. We, I'd be like, we start playing music. Like go to the car and like it'd be like people outside. So like, verses before the Yeah, verse. exactly. That's, that's a, a fact. fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. He play a Wayne verse. I play a T.I. verse. So to I, think that's the, I think that's the verses that, you know. T Wayne? Yeah, I think that's, but I don't think he'll do it. I don't think he will either. I don't think he'll do it. He's I probably wouldn't if I were him. I just can't see him trying to enter, like, I don't yeah, know. Somebody yeah. have to be there pressing the music. He probably don't, you know what I mean? I mean he just man, takes me to, like, create, I gotta, all right, what song am I doing now? One thing about bro, he in his own world. You know that's, what I mean? that's why. And curating his own universe. <laughs> curating so his own universe. So anytime he need to step outside of that, Try to, I think he try to stay away from that as much as possible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But if we can't do Wayne, I do like to see Ross. That's our guy, too. 
Ross. I fought with Ross. Ross, lyrical, lyrical giant. I fought with Ross. Ross, Ross, fat. But if you, but the thing is, I'm wondering, right? So if you, if you have a second run at it, right? Mm-hmm. You can't play the first song. Are you able to play the songs? That so were we asked him. He said he got a whole bag that he didn't play. And he, he said he's saving it for somebody. He said I'm prepared. He said I'm prepared to play a whole twenty songs that I didn't. play. I don't, that's, that's gonna be fire. difficult, but that's fire. He does have some songs that he didn't. He, he didn't do. play BMF. He hard. He, yeah, man. Ross one of the hardest. Ross one of the hardest. I, he, I mean, down here and still going. Yeah. You know I mean, the longevity also speaks for itself. That's a fact. That's a I fact. think that's you know, that's a formidable matchup. Formidable. <laughs> 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 oh, this guy's the dictionary. Walking dictionary. <laughs> T.I.P. Man, thank you, my brother. I appreciate you. Thank every, you, guys. Every hood, Thoroughly enjoyed myself, man. Appreciate y'all. Hey, look, I'm, really, I'm gonna hit y'all about you know stop today. No, 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 for sure. Let me That's a wrap. The, the growth is gonna be <laughs> Got you. a lot more. McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cut-off. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.